I'm Jordan Ferguson. And I'm Kate McKinnon. And you are listening to the Geek Down Podcast. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Geek Down Podcast, the show where two friends and fellow geeks try to figure out where their fandoms intersect. My name is Caitlin McKinnon. My name is Jordan Ferguson. And there are two primary ways that you can listen to the show. The first being SoundCloud. You can go to soundcloud.com forward slash geekdownpod and find all of our episodes there. So many. It's where we live. <laughs> it is where we live. Hopefully. Forever. <laughs> yeah. If anyone doesn't know, SoundCloud is not doing so great. Everybody's got some venture capital. They want to get to SoundCloud. Please feel free. Yeah. Or, you know, help their management figure out a good model to make money and survive. Yep. Um, The second way you can listen to the podcast is through Apple Podcasts. Yes. If you are on SoundCloud dot com forward slash geek down pod and you are looking through our many episodes um, and you notice a familiar partially eaten Apple symbol, you can click on that. And it will take you to Apple Podcasts. That is where you can subscribe to the show. Yes. And all the magic will happen. <laughs> That's where the magic happens. Like we're on MTV Cribs and we just walked in our bedroom right now. <laughs> yeah. That's where the magic happens. Though for me it would be a fridge. <laughs> <laughs> There's over their fridges. <laughs> And it's like bottles of water and some like hummus. Me would just be like, Pat, be like, this is where the magic happens. Oh, I always said if I was on MTV Cribs, I was actually going to have a magician in my bedroom. <laughs> so like, and this is where the magic happens. And open the door and there would just be a guy with fucking rings by my bed. Like, oh, oh, good two times. good jokes that I brought MTV Cribs up top. Nice. Fire out the gate. Uh, yeah, we are relevant. <laughs> Anyways, that is where the magic happens, um, because that is where um, Chauncey, the or uh, Sir Chauncey Frostilicus, MD. Listen, he's not a proud man, but he does appreciate all of his titles. <laughs> yes, stated. yes. Um, uh, defender of the people and and etc. Um, <laughs> that is where he uh, he lives. And um, when you subscribe, and we have a new episode that comes out, you will there'll be like a. A jingle through the air. It'll it'll sound like icicles dancing up against each other. Um, High pitched um, wind chimes, almost above the range of human hearing. Yeah, um, dogs will start barking, <laughs> um, and all of a sudden, an episode will appear. New episode for you. It'll be amazing for nothing. Yes, it'll be cool because <laughs> he has ice powers. Uh-huh. See what I did there? I do. Yeah, great. Um, that is where you can you can listen to the podcast. Um, also, while you're on Apple Podcasts, if you would like to rate or uh, give us a comment, we uh, would appreciate that. We would appreciate that. That'd I know you wonder why we ask, but I mean, like, if you rate and review, that kind of pushes us up in the ebb and flow of Apple Podcast, the sea of Apple Podcasts. So maybe people who are like, I like nerdy stuff, but I, I need a new podcast. I don't yeah. know what to listen to. Maybe it makes it easier for them to find us. Maybe they don't want to listen to famous people talk. They just want to listen to two like people like them. Maybe they like want to get in get in the underground. Yeah, because we're so underground. We are so underground. We're almost buried. <laughs> we're so we're so hip and underground. We'll talk about that in a minute. <laughs> um, so that is it. Would be awesome um, if you would like to 
talk to us because we're just like you and we like talking to people. If you're like, you know what? I love Jordan and Kate so much. Yeah. An hour to 90 minutes a week. Not enough. It's not enough. No. Listen, we're around. We are. We are. Sometimes. We're not like ignoring you. We're not like going to be like, you know, we're not standoffish. We're not Beyonce. We're not going to say you can't like look at us. Yeah. Get at us us however you like. We're not awkward meeting people. Do you know she has a thing where she like picks one thing to compliment you on when she shakes your hand and meets you? Beyonce does? Yeah. That's so smart. Like every person she'll be like, hi. She's like, oh, I love your eyes. Or like, I love your hair. And then immediately you're just like... Beyonce, compliment, compliment me. I will murder someone for you if you ask me to. <laughs> but someone, I th- I can't remember who it was. I was reading some article and she was a little bit of a larger girl. And Beyonce like looked at her and like stopped for a second and was like, I really love your shoes. Oh, Beyonce. Yeah, I know. Beyonce. Anyways. Um, we are not like Beyonce. No. We'll compliment you on anything. <laughs> yeah. More than one thing. More than one. We'll just be like, you like us? We like you. We like all you, of you so much. Um, Want to know how you can do that? We have so many socials. Tell them, Kate. Um, we have got Twitter and we've got Instagram. And both of those are Geek Down. No, they're at Geek Down. There you go. Pod. Yep. At Geek Down Pod. <laughs> Say it again. Got there it. Go. At, at Geek Down Pod. Got it. Fourth time. Charm. Um <laughs> And uh, Instagram, I don't know really what's on there. I haven't really contributed because all I've been doing is moving. <laughs> it's an occasional meme in my tiny notebook, and I need to I need to up the Instagram. His itty notebook. Oh my god! Um, apparently, we need to mention that it is in the the design of a tape cassette. Yes. Which it totally throws my mocking of his tiny notebook at the window. Some people feel that's a point I should have made. Regarding the size of the tiny notebook. That it is a cassette. So that is why it is that side. The size, rather. Kaylin feels that has no bearing on the size of the tiny notebook. It does not. It is still tiny and ridiculous. Um, Oh, my God. The second thing you can, or besides Instagram and uh, Twitter, you can also email us if you like. It's mm-hmm. almost the old-fashioned way, except for sale mail, which we don't. We're not going to do that. Um, we're not like YTV. Um, <laughs> no, no PO box here on Don Mills Road. <laughs> nope. Um, so you can get at us at geekdownpod at gmail dot com. Shout out to Kira, who will send us emails, and it makes our like month. So. Oh my God, Kira! I'm not going to put you on blast, but that was the greatest email I've ever read in my life. <laughs> um, so we love getting emails. Um, also, fan art. If you want to send us fan art. Um, that would also be cool. Finally, the place that where I mostly hang out and where the, the geek down mostly is, is on Facebook. Yep. Which is at www.facebook.com forward slash geek down pod. Jordan, no longer will be on Facebook. No. But you'll still get your promo. I feel like people, I know a lot of people who've like been like stepping back from Facebook, like heading out. They're like, peace out guys. Facebook was fun for a while, but now all of your toast pictures and Bahamas pictures and fun stuff festivals are making me really depressed so I'm gonna head out Have I mean fun. really the first day of school is what did it for me among other things but again your kid went to school you all have to post the photo of your kid on the first day of school I know you love it because you love children but they're so cute with their yeah. giant backpacks and their God. new shoes and they're all excited super excited but I, maybe I just didn't find the uh, the the record hall Facebook community. People just posting their record collections. <laughs> That's what you need to do. That's what I needed to find. Doesn't matter either way because Facebook's garbage and I'm not on it anymore. So bye. Yeah, no, there you go. Um, but I'm still there. I'm still hanging uh, with old people. I'm fine with this. <laughs> well, basically, I'll sign in once a week to give you your promo. 
that's about it. So that's all of our socials. That's all the ways you can get uh, get to us, except if you know the carrier pigeon address, which only a couple people do. So don't bother. bother. Don't bother. No. So, yeah. And don't address anything to Chauncey because we can't find him. No, he just like pops in and out of existence. Yeah. There's like a... And then like a snowflake. The mic caught that really well. No, oh, that's good. I'm glad. So yeah, there we go. That's all the business out of the way. You guys were so bloated. Oh man, we went for breakfast. <laughs> Whew. Went to a, a place that's been mentioned somewhat derogatorily, I'm not going to lie, yeah. on the program before. That being Harry's Charbroiled. A little sketchy joint down past down the no Down a really sketchy down a, alley. Down a sketchy, aisleway past, sketchy alley past the sketchy no frills. Um which had been owned by these two brothers for like, you know, 60 years, working 14-hour days, six days a week or something. Yeah. Greasy spoon type of thing. And uh, then they decided they wanted to retire. And mercifully, I guess, some hipster chef, chefs who live in the area uh, bought it up and did some light remodeling, but kept it with its sketchy charm. And, and it's topless ladies. Put a bunch of <laughs> some topless ladies on the wall and like taxidermied fish and booth jukeboxes that no longer work oh so disappointing very disappointing um and pencil mustachioed waitstaff <laughs> filled it with pencil mustachioed waitstaff if and, you want to uh, find uh where the hipsters reproduce it is in that it's in harry's char world yeah um but camp front no some good ass food yeah and reasonably priced well well priced I mean, very for, well for priced. toronto but yes yeah um but yeah it was good and it was very filling and i want to have a nap yeah we're we both got that itis right now so <sighs> this is yeah going to be a laid back show sort of except now i have all this energy because i had a lot of tea Uh-oh. and i had like four cups of tea and they all had sugar in them yeah, so i'm like bleep, 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 bleep. that was like my second and third coffee of the day um so yeah we'll we'll see how it goes um how was the x caitlin the x was good i've been to it many many times um so i was like yes this is the x to recap this is the canadian national exhibition which is a giant fair basically that runs in Toronto, uh, at the end of the summer every year. And and goes to uh, Labor Day, which for us is the first Monday in September. Yes, and Kate mentioned last week that she was going to go after she recorded. Yep, and it was good. We had a good time. Um, senior correspondent has never been to the X, um, so he had no idea what to expect, and so he was delighted. And I, it, is, it was a delightful time, but it wasn't, like, mind-blowing. So I asked him afterwards, or I think, it's like, his mom asked him, she's like, so are you going to go back? And he was like, oh. Um, maybe not for a couple years am i you know you've been once you kind of know what it's about so many butter sculptures you can look at in a given year it's true and they were impressive though very (laughs) impressive the theme was like like animals of toronto and there (laughs) was animals of tomorrow i would have found that much more interesting uh no there was like the ikea monkey was there um the the like dead raccoon that everyone like (laughs) Left a memorial to? Yeah. Oh, no. Jordan's yawning. <laughs> we're good. We're going to lose him. We're good. It's just nope. going to be Kate in the microphone. Nope, nope we're good. Um, so, yeah, that was fun. Anyone who has any no idea what Sorry. the Ikea monkey yeah, is. For no, yeah, or, for non-local people. Yeah, go look it up. It's just amazing. Google Ikea monkey and Google uh, raccoon mo- Toronto Raccoon Memorial. Yeah, it, they're both great. Um, and there was like one of like an opossum who like ate all these the donuts and like fell asleep in the box <laughs> have you seen that story <laughs> yeah so there's yeah or like it was a raccoon or something anyway so they were they were really great they were really well done there was amazing sand sculptures there was lots of fun animals baby goats are adorable they really are 
pigs grow really fast. Um, <laughs> white, like one went from a piglet to a sow in front of you, or honestly, they apparently <laughs> grow like hundreds and hundreds of pounds within like a month. Like it was crazy, crazy. Um, and uh, you can tell that turkeys used to be dinosaurs. Uh, there is very obvious when you look at a turkey close up. So yeah, there was all kinds of good things. There was a magician. There was buskers. There was amazing food. I had I had food in a cone. It was great. Uh, okay. It was it was. Do you find food tastes better in cone form? Absolutely. <laughs> all right. I was soups hap about it. Soups hap. How long's it been since we've been soups hap? It was food in a cone. I could just I could hold it like a cone and <laughs> eat it. That's what a cone does, Kate. All food should be served in a cone. Oh my god. <laughs> From now on. Spaghetti, cone. Yeah. Amazing. Do you want it on the board? Yeah. Is that a, is that a board worthy idea? Yeah. Everything in cones. It's on the board. It's on the board. Uh so yeah, it was it was a good time. All right. Anything else popping in your life? Uh, I'm still moving. How are you how are you still how? Well, uh, okay, let's put it this You've way. been in the house for like We're, we're not literally moving things it's the unpack which we have not done enough of but it's because um work has been crazy um now when i say crazy people think like oh poor her she should get a new job no i really like my job it's just this is probably the busiest time of year um so and i as some people know i started a new job in the summer so i'm still learning the ropes as they say Mm -hmm. um so there's that extra bit of craziness so having time to actually um, unpack and get things sorted and get boxes out of there, that's taking longer than um, I would like. And of course, there's also um, just, yeah, just having the energy to do it all. Not even just the time, but the energy. Because sometimes I have the time and I would go, I want to have a nap. <laughs> I don't want to do this. I want to just sleep for like 10 hours. Uh, so there's that. So every night after work, it's like, great, let's see how many things I can shuffle around and all that jazz. Um, also, I shot a gun yesterday. Uh, excuse me? I shot a gun. <laughs> Why? Because it was Ryan's birthday. Happy belated birthday, Ryan. Oh, he actually listens to the show. Um, so I really should have said happy birthday a while ago because it was his birthday actually like a couple weeks ago. Um, but we went to, that's what he did for his birthday. His um, lovely wife set it up and um, I was at first very nervous. And guns are really loud. <laughs> you don't realize how loud they are mm-hmm. until one somebody is firing one next to you. And you've got ear protection on and yes. eye protection. Um, but after shooting the guns, um, I know why people shoot guns now. Oh, God. Are you, are you a car-carrying member of the NRA now? No, absolutely not. I'm still... T- I, I know what I think what was really good about um, the place we went? Um, they obviously had a lot of respect for them, and getting to handle a gun and see how um, how much like power they had, it gave you a respect for guns. Mm. Um, even just that we only... It was like an hour, and you got to fire four different guns. Um, you got to see how... It was nerve-wracking, right? Like, your your heart's pumping a mile a minute because yeah. everything's loud, and you can tell that these things have so much power um, and are kind of death machines. Mm-hmm. But it gives you a respect for them as well. But it was lots of fun. Respect Again, I'm not gonna take machine. I'm not going to take that out of it. It was fun, and, and I didn't shoot too badly. Good for you. Yeah. So, yeah, that was, that was my day yesterday. Uh, I entertained... Ooh, in the Polly Pocket? Yes. How'd you fit people in here? Uh, there, there were four of us. <gasps> that was it. 
four of you. And th- thanks to the arrival of your chair, I can now accommodate four people. Oh my in god! Here. So someone sat in the bed. Two. So- well, you could have. Nobody ended up sitting in the chair I sit in. My work chair. Oh okay. Um, I was in my fun chair. Um, no, I was in your chair. I left the I left the good chair. The the chaise available for. For whoever, and then yeah, one or two people sat on the bed, and uh, yeah. It was uh, my friend Chris and the Chief Brown correspondent, Kayam, and uh, Chris's girlfriend, Julia, all came through, and we just kind of, like, <laughs> drank wine and watched YouTube videos. Uh, apparently, Chris and Julia were going to try to drag Kayam and myself to an escape room last night <gasps> as well. You didn't go? I did not go. Oh. I was not feeling it. Oh. Um, that you guys can drag me to any escape room at any time. I don't still want escape rooms sprung on me, <laughs> especially during my one day off from, you know two five-day work weeks where i've basically my sleep has been all jacked up and it's like cool we can go i'm going to be totally useless oh. um they seem to think we could walk to it i don't know where there's one where there is one in parkdale they're but everywhere apparently and, or it's just a back alley where you get like <laughs> locked in a room and, and try to get out and they're themed now yeah they're always themed all escape rooms are themed that's the best part of them is it the best part there's a harry potter escape room i'm aware in oh, Oshawa. there's also a Harry Potter shop in Parkdale now. Oh, my God. Yeah, I maybe should have told you this earlier. What? Yeah. Um, I should see them. I should talk to them about advertising. What? Um, so I went to... Uh, I had a spare microphone that I'd been using around here. And it was uh, borrowed from my friend Nigel. Nigel's girlfriend wants to start a podcast. So he was cool. wanted the microphone back. So I went to go meet him in an area. And I believe they opened up Fan Expo Weekend because it was Fan Expo Weekend when it happened. Oh my gosh. And there was like this giant lineup around uh, around basically the block, about you know five minute walk from my house, and could not tell what it was. It was obviously nerd related because there were like cosplay people. And I went back and looked later, and yes, it was the uh, the opening of the Curiosa Society. Oh my gosh! Purveyors of extraordinary things. <gasps> um, it sounds amazing. I want to live there. Apothecary candles. Oh my gosh. Um, that's like in their display case. What? Okay. What? Okay. What? We got to go on a field trip. Apparently, I greatly regret not informing Caitlin about this earlier. <laughs> want to go there? <laughs> we can go there. What? I want to go there now. <laughs> we can't go there now. Mm. We'll go next week. Fine. Okay. I have to wait a whole week. Maybe. Uh. Oh my god. <laughs> Well, so that's the Curiosa Society, and that's at twelve seventy three Queen Street West in Toronto. If you, uh, if that's how you get down, yeah, um, yeah, they get down like that. <coughs> it wasn't this podcast. They're my friends, <laughs> my friends out there. That, that's how they get down. Um, oh, they have a they have a praxinoscope. It's just some kind of like spinning optical illusion toy. Okay, so everything at this store was made for Caitlin. So <laughs> you don't even understand. I just wish I could, like, without all the racism and sexism, wish I could live in the late 1800s. But there's a lot of Probably the most single photograph thing in the shop is our ceiling. And that's what their ceiling looks like. It's beautiful. Oh, yeah. So, all right. Well, we'll come to you live from Curiosa's, the Curiosa Society next week. <gasps> we could, we could Instagram it. Uh, we could. We could go on it. A- we could live Instagram it. <laughs> oh, <laughs> you want to live Instagram it? I'll just film your reactions to all the things. I'll just like slap on some makeup because that's what I got to (laughs) do. Slap some lipstick on your face. I don't know if you wear lipstick, but 
Uh, I don't wear lipstick. It always looks weird on me, I think. Okay. Though then sometimes I wear it and people are like, wow, you look really different. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> thanks. And I'm like, I'll wear lipstick every day and then never look at it ever again. And then everybody gets really breathy when they talk to you. Yeah, that's great. Oh my God, you look so great. Yeah, that's so great. And I'm like, thanks. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's what, exactly what happens when I wear lipstick. But um, then uh, lipstick takes a lot of reapplying and I forget that I have makeup on. And I do that thing where I like, rub my eyes and then all of a sudden I've got like mascara everywhere and I look like a Picasso painting. Um, so uh, I don't really wear a lot of makeup, but definitely for Instagram, I'll slap it on. I don't want people to be like, duh. Um, <laughs> do it for the gram, Caitlin. Do it for the gram. Yeah. Oh, we didn't Instagram our breakfast. Oh, well. As if we needed any further proof that we are not... Millennials. We are not millennials. Didn't didn't Instagram our brunch. The proof of I will never own homes. <laughs> it's true. All that avocado toast. Hey, I didn't get any avocado. You didn't. They had it. They of had it. Of course they did. Of course they had it on offer, but did not get it. And want to own a home. <laughs> Kate wants a home, so she never gets avocado yeah. toast. Well. Well. I suppose we should do the thing that people who follow us on Twitter are probably very interested to know what the fuck I was talking about. Um, if you don't follow us on Twitter, friends, you should. You should. At Geekdown Pod. Basically, um, there was some stuff that was going on in my life. Yeah. That I was, I was interested in uh, maybe getting some insight on from my good friend Caitlin. And we have had mental health updates before. Yes, yes. That's not beyond the scope of the show. No. But this one might have gotten a little deeper. It might have required a little more time. And I told Caitlin I was thinking about doing this. And she was like, okay. Um, but I still started wondering if this was, you know, beyond the, the ken of a show about nerdy shit. So I put it to the people on Twitter. Right. I basically put up a poll. One option was, let's get soups and mosh. Right. And the other option was, feelings are stupid. <laughs> and 100% replies were, let's get soups and mosh. So with that in mind, the geek down's going to have to get real. Jordan's getting real? Jordan's getting real? Did, did Jordan just say he's going to get real? Oh, no, no, no. I'm sorry, stupid Matt, but we're going to have to get real. So, huh. Caitlin, what is the most quotable thing you have ever said to me? Uh, soup sap? Nope. It's the thing you said to me years ago. Oh, jeez. it still comes oh, up. Years ago? Yes. I don't know. Uh, it is. You, you have a thing with words and them coming out of your face and making people sad. Oh, yes. I remember that very well. <laughs> yes. I, I may have said to that. me on her behalf. I don't think she was speaking on anyone else's behalf. No, I think I was talking about myself. Yes. Uh, it's not a false statement. I don't think longtime listeners will be surprised by that. So we will bear that in mind as we get into this. Yeah. So I have had some events in my life that appear to have ended a close friendship somewhat painfully and with an almost severe level of finality and we are not here to parse that issue specifically mostly because we don't need to caitlin has an intimate knowledge of that situation and has made her feelings known on it and i would like to take this opportunity to publicly thank her for the friendship she has shown me this week as it was all going on she was one of my best friends before this show started and she will be afterwards so Thanks. thank you you're welcome uh but the dissolution of this friendship relationship uh was a thing that, you know, this was a thing that I valued and held very dear, regardless of how reasonable or unreasonable I think the other person was being. It has led me to think back on other moments in my life where similar things have happened. Uh, the thing is, I'm an introvert. 
Yes. We know this. It is established. I'm not an introvert in the way that I don't like human interaction, but people are draining to me. Large crowds or parties are chore. And I am in general very selective about who I choose to give my time and energy to if they want it. Uh, and that also means that when I do, I expect that time and energy to be respected more so because I work nights and I produce this podcast once a week. So that time and energy is even more limited. And also I am an only child. And <laughs> yes, you are. And my friends such as they are when I select them are not really, you know, when you're an only child, your friends are your chosen family. Um, and that's how I approach it a lot of the time. Um, so when I don't feel that people are respecting that time and the effort I put into them or they aren't reciprocating it, I can get agitated, which often comes off as clingy, needy, what have you. And this has probably gotten worse in the year since my breakup, since so much of that relationship was based on me putting her needs first, because if you're in a relationship for any length of time and you've been fortunate, quote unquote, maybe not fortunate enough to have your parents stay together, that's kind of what you default to as a guide. Yes. Um, and that's what my dad was to my mom. You know, my dad did ever, does, did, did and does everything for my mom. Um, so when my relationship didn't work out, I kind of became more focused on putting myself first, which likely exacerbates this behavior when it comes up. Uh, but it was a thing that happened before this recent thing as well. Um, I think Caitlin would agree she's been on the receiving end of it at points during our relationship. I may have called you a drama queen at some points. Um, so what I'm left wondering and feel Caitlin has unique insight into is whether or not I am too demanding on the people in my life. So Caitlin, am I too demanding with the people in my life? Um, I think... That's a complicated question because it has a lot to do with um, the other people you surround yourself with mm -hmm. and the other relationships and friendships you have and in the time we're in. So, for instance, um, my good friend Stuart and I will literally not talk to each other for weeks on end and then what we'll pick it up and like nothing ever happened. We won't really remark on not speaking to each other. It's never like a slight neither of us take it that way but you and i talk to each other all the time mm -hmm. and i feel like if i didn't if i tried to do that with you you may be like hey uh did i do something wrong like what the hell happened like what's going on but knowing that's the kind of person you are and the kind of friendship we have i try and do that um there is someone else in my life who because i am also an introvert um, though I'm very outgoing, um, I, I, I actually took me a while to figure out that I was an introvert. I do find social situations and talking to people very draining. Um, I was trying to do the same thing that Stuart and I do, which was I wouldn't talk to her for a long time. And she felt that was a slight. So I have tried to mend my behavior in that regard because it's someone I care about. Mm. So if you have someone in your life that you care about, you will try your best to get on their same wavelength. Does that make sense? Yes. And so, I guess, but not everybody in my life does that. And that's where I get extra frustrated. And it's fine if someone is to say, you know, I'm trying my best. We'll work together. You want to hear from me this much. I can only do this much. Both of you get on the same wavelength and you try and work it out. Right. 
try and find a common ground. In theory, yes, but it's always just like Jordan is being too demanding. Yes. Jordan's too clingy. Jordan wants too much. And I think I I don't think that's true. Because I wouldn't say that Thank you. <laughs> of you, and I wouldn't say that of this other person who I've been friends with a long time. Um, she just wanted to hear from me, right? She just wanted us to be friends and to talk to one another. And I cared enough for her that I went, you know what? I'm going to try and do better because you deserve me to. You deserve for me to do better, right? Mm. Um, I never thought she was being clingy or needed too much from me. She just wanted to hear from me and to talk when we could, and that. If you have a friend and you care about them, that's what you do. Because it's not the first time I've had a thing in my life where, you know, again, without specifics, it's the sort of thing where, like, I have very limited opportunity to make plans. And when someone tells me one thing yes, and then doubles back on it, I get irritated because it throws things into upheaval. And what I get, not just in this situation, but what I've gotten in other situations is, like, it's fine. I don't get what you're getting. I don't understand why you're getting bent out of shape. Like, who cares? Like, I'm like, yeah, but like, it might be a month before we can reschedule because that's how lives go. You know, we had yeah. a thing and the rescheduling, you know, the cancellations are never a result of like my dog got hit by a car or something. It's always right. like, I want to go do other shit. Which that's just mean. <laughs> like you learn that as a kid. Like if if Sarah invites you to her birthday party and you know you're pretty good friends with Sarah, um, but you say you're going to be there and she needs you to have a certain number of people so you can all go in the bouncy castle. And then Margaret, who's a super, super good friend, invites you somewhere. But if you flake out on Sarah, her birthday is going to be ruined. You go to Sarah's birthday. You say, sorry, Margaret, we'll do it some other time. Even though you really, really want to go to Margaret's thing because you're doing like laser tag, right? Like you still, you you go to Sarah's thing. You just do that as as a person who should be doing things. Now people make jokes about, especially millennials, you know, all both making plans but really not wanting to go out mm. because really they just want to sit in home with their pajamas, which is my favorite thing to do. So I totally get it. Um, but there are times when. You know, if someone is depending on you because you're their friend, you don't flake out on them, right? That's what you do. Uh, I I would think, and this is what I thought, but I mean, like I said, it's not the first time where I've been hit with this accusation because I go in hard. Like if I've, I'm the sort of person where like if I have, if I have chosen you, <laughs> if you are one of the chosen, yeah, it's ride or die for you and it's, there's nothing I would not do for this other person and when I don't feel like I get that in return is it unreasonable to expect anybody to do that in return in the first place it's my problem that I just expect people to be better than they can be probably that is probably part of it mm. um, I also think it depends on who you make your friends with right I've had friends who I felt really really close to and then have just like stopped talking to me and I, it's really hurtful because I went through years and years and years of getting picked on and not having any friends and having no one to go to. So when I, you know, invest my heart in someone and, and is like, we're going to be friends and it's going to be awesome. And then they just cut me off or, you know, delete me off of Facebook or just stop talking to me. And I know that they've put a lot of effort into other friends who weren't as good as I was of a friend to them. That's very hurtful as mm -hmm. well. So I don't know if, again, if it's I'm thinking that p 
people are going to either maybe I'm misjudging how much of a friend these people want to be to me or maybe I'm just misjudging people in general mm. thinking that they're going to do X, Y, and Z and they, they I don't know, maybe it's too much energy for them. I don't know because I mean I've had it I've had it happen repeatedly. Oh, listen, I'm not going to lie. The current thing that I'm going through probably could have been predicted. Um, but it's happened in instances where I just did not expect it. Where I did get it reciprocated. Where it's like no, like your family, like somebody will do something for me and I'll be like, oh my God, no, I'll, I can't, I can't, I can't. And they'll just be like, no, you will. Cause that's, this is what family does. Right. Um, and then those people kind of vanish too. <laughs> and yeah. I mean, the current situation I'm in is, you know, you'll get over it. You'll get over it. Of course I'll get over it. I've gotten over worse than the thing I'm currently in, but for some reason, I'm tired of getting over. <laughs> I think that's things. I think that's part of life. I think that's the, where the whole like I'm too old for this shit yeah. comes into play, um, and why you tend to have friends you've had friends for a long time. Like new friendships aren't made. Yeah. Um, and there's actually something. Um, there's a, a culture shock thing um, from people from say Japan who come over to. Canada and they meet friends at work and they move on to different work and they don't stand, stay friends with that people. That apparently is a North American thing mm. where you move on from a job and the people you think you were going to stay friends with, like you don't, you mm. just lose touch and you just get a whole new set of friends and you go to a different job. That's apparently a super weird thing <laughs> and it doesn't happen to lots of other people in other, other nations. Other work cultures. Yeah. You basically have friends you've had for a long time. And if you make new friends, you like do your best to strengthen those connections. Um, So it could just be that we're out of time, out of place, right? Um, There are people who I've worked with that I've like tried to stay friends with and been like, we're going to stay friends. And then we don't. And it's kind of devastating in a small way. Um, and the difference is I will be like, what the fuck? Why aren't we friends anymore? Yeah. And meanwhile, I'm like, oh, I guess they didn't want to be friends with me. That's okay. And I know, I mean, listen, Caitlin's not a licensed therapist, so I'm not really asking for a, for a, her to weigh in on this idea. I know I, there's a part of myself that suffers from perpetual second banana syndrome, which will sound alarming to anyone who listens to this show, I'm sure. Yeah. But, you know, my best friend growing up, who I adore... To this day, always more, much more personable than me. Always much more easygoing. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> with, the, with the, you know, walking through the streets of Amherstburg. Hey, there goes Jeff, <laughs> and that fat moody kid he's always hanging out with. <laughs> um, so when you know, when I find somebody, and I guarantee you, this was totally a thing when we started socializing. I was like, oh my god, somebody actually likes me as a person. <laughs> I will ride or die for Caitlin no matter what. <laughs> and then maybe Caitlin wasn't available to go for brunch as much as we were going for brunch. Jordan be like, what the fuck, Caitlin? <laughs> and I'd be like, and then that's probably when I you said something. And I was like, sometimes the words that come out of your face make people sad, Jordan. The thing with words and then coming out of your mouth, mouth and, and then making people, people sad. sad. Um, that's probably where that came from. Mm-hmm. And and it's probably there's probably a little like... Uh, 
like Jordan management, right? Like there's like I know like I need to respond to him. And and if you say to Jordan, hey, just so you know, like I did I think last week when I was like, I'm seeing your messages, I'm not responding to them, I'm really busy, but I'm not ignoring yeah, you. Like, it doesn't come up in the way I'm describing anymore with me and Kate, but it'll definitely be like I'll see you know, Facebook will tell you she's seen the message. Yeah. I'll be like what the fuck <laughs> i know you saw it i know you read it why can't you fucking reply uh, you've you've been online five times since then <laughs> um yeah get rid of facebook messenger next i need it it's the only thing i talked to caitlin on but um yeah so i just trying to figure out if this is chronic behavior and how i can do better even though i may not have to because <laughs> am i gonna am i gonna meet new people at this point of course you're making are. new friends at this point of course you are of course you are and this is what i try and tell people and they're always like because even i am like i don't have that many friends and then i'll be like actually i just have to reconnect with some people but being social is hard so i have to balance that um but i always you're always going to meet new people you know you just have to it depends on how you get go into the world they ain't getting in for nothing for nothing 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 (sighs) and also there's some part of like the the introverted part of me that's like i don't need to meet new people i don't need people i just need food i have books and food yeah good else yeah (sighs) well thanks i'm not a licensed uh doctor not like chauncey uh (laughs) he's a licensed doctor as well and i really put her on the spot because she can't use gifs in this format no and that's basically how i communicate with jordan and she had some she had some really good ones this week (laughs) Um, those I, think, I think regarding the current situation, some people thought uh, like people were very curious on your take of things. Right. Maybe, I don't know, maybe they didn't want to speak on. They were deferring to you to set the tone. Right. So it'd be like I tell somebody about what, what's going on and they'd be like, oh, what does Caitlin think? And I would send one of the gifs you sent. <laughs> one of the amazing gifs you sent. You're like, that's what Caitlin thought. Right there. Um, Captain Holt. That's what, <laughs> yes. that's what, that's what Caitlin thought. Um, though I know sometimes I use, uh, use gifs and Jordan will be like, will you stop? Well, you just use words. You need for words once. right now, Kim. Uh So I have to be, you know, I be sele- I have to be selective. <laughs> and it's funny. And actually, I have a segue here. You ready for this? Yeah. It's going to go into updates. What? As has happened before in my life, and one of the first times I really was able to start thinking about this in my own life was um, when I really started listening to the Mark Maron podcast and realizing that, like. Oh, him and I are, are alike. similar in a lot of ways, and that's mm. not necessarily good. <laughs> um, but in light of everything that had happened this week with this relationship falling apart, like I had a panic attack, y'all. First time. First time up top. Woo! Wait, Shh. we shouldn't be high high. Don't <laughs> high five panic attacks. They're awful. They are awful. Um, they make you think you're dying. <laughs> ask my mom later because my mom has a, you know history with anxiety and said you know knowing there's no way to ask your mom this question and have it left at that but i was like hey mom what's a panic attack feel like just want to make sure i just want to know if i actually had one and she said it's like if someone pulls a gun on you and is going to pull the trigger but there's no one there you're by yourself i'm like yeah yeah that's about it um so i mean in the days after i uh watched Marin's new netflix special just kind of looking for a, a frequency to resonate on, I guess, because I couldn't, nothing else in my life was really <laughs> serving that purpose. Um, it was okay. 
going to say maybe I prefer him more miserable. Oh, okay. <laughs> as a stand-up than I do, than I did here. Um, he's still pretty miserable. <laughs> he had one of the best uh, introvert bits I've ever heard. He's basically talking about how you know he doesn't know how to f- have fun anymore. Right. Um, he's like, I don't know how to have fun. Like, how do you guys have fun? Like, I don't know if I would have come to this show. Like, <laughs> <laughs> he's telling a story about how basically the Stones are his favorite band in the world. Right. Like, since from teenagers, from a teenager, loves the Stones. Gets free tickets to like some show in Hollywood at an arena. Right. I don't, he may not have ever seen them before. The tickets were free, didn't cost him anything. Yeah. The first thought in his head was, you have a parking. (laughs) (laughs) So he ends up going, and his friend Dean drags him down, and they go to the show, and he also has, you know, these. he goes through some bits about, you know, worrying about their age. Right. And how they're going to look. And at one point it zooms in really close on Mick's face. And he's like, oh, God, no, don't, <laughs> don't do Mick like that. Um, and they finish up and they go back. And it's like, we know they're going to do one encore. And they come out and just rip into satisfaction. You know, it's one of my favorite, my, my favorite songs of all time. It's one of their best songs, the top 10 songs they've ever written. And I'm watching it. And about a minute in, I'm ashamed to say it because both, both Dean and I looked at each other and just went, do you want to? <laughs> just want to go so like beat the crowd you just want to go <laughs> so we left yeah and we're walking along we're, we're heading out to the parking garage and now they're going into you can't always get what you want and they have like obviously a full children's choir and i was like oh man that sounds really good and dean's like fuck it we can still hear it <laughs> <laughs> and basically driving out with little obstruction as the crowd was like flooding into the parking garage was like more exciting to him <laughs> than the entire concert. That actually, that's one of the reasons I stopped going to concerts. When I, it's just a pain in the ass. When I was like, they're just, you know what? They're really hot and they sweaty. Really I'm really sore. I don't want to stand for three hours. And I'd rather leave early than like see the encore. It was time to stop going to concerts. When I discovered that I was fully old man and was like balcony or nothing. Yeah. That was a life changer. One of the reasons I love, like, I will pay a lot of money to go see Fleetwood Mac is because I get to sit the whole time. (laughs) Like, I went to go see Stevie Wonder, Songs in the Key of Life, played the whole album front to back. People standing in front of me in the upper bowl dancing. And I'm like, man, come on. Yeah. Sit down. Yeah, sit down. (laughs) You can dance in your seat. Um, Best concert experience I ever had. Me, Mr. Malosh, and our other friend Greg went to go see this uh, punk band, Refused, Mm -hmm. which we liked uh, growing up. And they broke up and then they reformed and went on like a, not quite a nostalgia tour, but it kind of was. Their last album grew in infamy after they broke up and they never really felt they got to tour it and do it justice. So that's why they were touring. Uh, It was at the, oh God, what the hell is, what's the shitty one nobody likes to go to? Sound Academy? Sound Academy, yeah. It was at the Sound Academy. Worst place. In Toronto, which is down by the Portlands. There's like no transit there I'm I'm going to tell you right now, Sound Academy was one of the things that made me stop going to concerts. (laughs) It was when I had to stand there for three hours. But we paid like the other, the extra 30 bucks or whatever. got up. Got upstairs, private bar, back balcony if you're a smoker. Yep. They built like, you know, bleachers. Yep. And we just sat. Yep. Perfect unobstructed view. Mm-hmm. This is amazing. That's, Best concert experience I ever had. Uh, that's I we I was with someone. We went to Florence and the Machine, and I knew the guy working behind the bar, and we were really upset because we found a good spot, and someone really really tall like stood right in front of us, and I was like all upset about it. He was like, "Yeah, I'll get you upstairs, no problem." Same thing. I was like, "I get to sit the whole time." Kicking your feet up, just amazing. Saw the Manic Street Preachers at the Phoenix, straight to the balcony. Yeah, <laughs> leaning on the balcony. I'm like, this is amazing. Conversely, got dragged to go see. Uh, 
TV on the radio once at Sound Academy way back when, and that was a standing for three hours oh, type of thing. No. I'm like, I can't do this anymore. Uh, but yeah, Marin's special was all right, um, and he did give me what became my last Facebook status. Which was? The monster I created to protect the kid inside me is hard to manage. That's good. That's 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 something you put at the beginning of a book. Basically. Basically, if you want to understand Jordan. There you go. That's all you need that's all you need to know. If you think I'm so inscrutable, it's basically my entire philosophy. It's a process. Um so that was alright. And I finished Please Like Me. That show saved its fucking gut punches for the end. Oh, great. Can't looking forward be, to it. Be forewarned, y'all. Getting some real bad territory there at the end. All right. Great. Uh, does, does it end optimistically? I don't know, but... Does it? <laughs> does it? <laughs> Finger snap. Point. Point to Caitlin McKinnon. Um, so that's what I was watching. Were you, have you been watching anything? Uh, more boxes. More bo- all all <laughs> the boxes. Getting unba- trying to look for this piggy bank owl. Sorry, where what? are you owl <laughs> where are you piggybacking so i i try and make sure i've got some cash there have been some times in my <laughs> life where i haven't had cash and i needed like food and couldn't afford food because you can't take like money out of your your uh your bank account if you don't have uh, like 20 dollars. anyways so i have this i got this amazing deal on this Kind of nice looking turquoise owl that's a piggy bank. Uh-huh. I have a piggy bank. I did have a piggy bank for pennies. They still got pennies inside. I'm not adding any, obviously, because mm. we no longer have pennies. Um, and it was a TARDIS. It was awesome. Um, and then I have a piggy bank that's a cat for uh, dimes and nickels. And then I had a piggy bank for like quarters, loonies, toonies, and bills. Um, and I'd save like a, a little bit of money in there. Um, and I know I packed the owl, and I cannot find the owl with a small treasure trove full of money in it. Yeah, that would be upsetting. Yeah, so it's somewhere, and I have spent days being like, is it in this box? No, and every box is like, oh, these are pots and pans. These are shoes. Great office stuff, but no owl piggy bank. So I feel like once owl has its back on the bookshelf and I can start putting some loonies in it again. I'm going to feel like I'm at home. But until that point, um, it's just I'm watching just, things. Just a drift. Just a drift. A drift in the world with some shoes in a box. Uh, well, we talked for 50 minutes and didn't even touch news. I can go really quickly. So can I. Um, they're all stories you probably already heard about at this point. Uh, leading the march, perhaps. Um I always go into baby talk when I have to say his name. Colin Twevo got, <laughs> got we uh, moved. We moved from Star Wars because you want to know what? You want to know what? What? I was just gonna say your name wrong. Kathleen Kennedy is a badass B. <laughs> That's why. Because this is the now second, um, second and a half sort of yes removal. Gareth Edwards didn't quite get to finish Rogue One. No, as he wanted to. Uh, Lord Miller got bounced off of the young Han Solo movie, and now Trevorrow has been taken off of episode nine. Uh, no one's really bemoaning this that much, I'm, or taking it as a sign of chaos and flux in no. the Star Wars machine. Because Kathleen Kennedy is a badass bee, and 
there is something to be said for uh, white men keep on getting these like major franchises after they produce like one good movie, mm-hmm. and people are like, "Here, take this giant franchise." I mean, to to be in defense of white men, but I mean that's just kind of been the process now. Regardless, if you it's you know so a lot, it's mostly white dudes who make these indie movies because they get the opportunities. But yeah. in general, it's like if you have an indie movie that pops off, you get plucked by the machine to do these giant. But meanwhile, you have like actually relatively well-known directors who are women or directors of color or directors of women of color. And it's like, oh, yeah, hiring them. It's a risk. It's a risk, Jordan. It's a risk. It's a risk. Yeah. Risky. Um, You know, I heard some podcasts that were like spit taking um, possible replacements. Yeah. And. I mean, most people just think Ryan Johnson should just do the next one as right. well. Eight is the, Episode 8 is the only one that, like, apparently no one's really had anything to say about. It's like, yeah, it's fine. Yeah. It's going to be great. It's good. So if he wants to do it, just fucking let him do it. He's already yeah. done it once. Let him, let him polish it off. Um, but people mentioning that, like, Ryan Coogler is, like, the one anomaly in this whole thing. Not only is he a director of color, but he's kind of the only one who walked into one of these situations with the advantage. Right. Like... Marvel needed him for Black Panther more than he needed to do Black Panther. Yeah. And he knew that, and he leveraged it, and that's why you get something that looks as amazing as Black Panther is going to look. Oh, I'm so psyched. So you need, like, a situation. You probably need, like, a situation like that if you want to, like, disrupt the Star Wars franchise. But the Star Wars franchise isn't trying to get disrupted in the first place. No. They just want to make fine movies that are going to make a billion dollars, and that's what they've been doing, and that's what they're going to keep doing. And they're going to be awesome because they have lightsabers. Apparently there's a YouTube clip where they overdub lightsabers with the sound of Owen Wilson going, wow. (laughs) 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 You swing a lightsaber, wow, 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 wow. Uh, I just need this to make me happy. That's what happens when your friends come over. (laughs) You start watching stupid YouTube videos for three hours and and drinking wine. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> so yeah, somebody redo that. Somebody do the old Black Flag song, but we're going to have a YouTube party. <laughs> um, and the other item of note that I came across was uh, there's going to be a new Powerpuff Girl. Uh, you told me about this, and I may have had a meltdown. And see, I used to like adore the Powerpuff Girls. And well, that's I, why I thought you would have known about this, because when it was like, I they're watched, coming back, you were the one who brought that story. I, know. I haven't been watching it, obviously, because I don't have barely as much time as i think i might have um but yeah i though honestly once i've moved in and we get to october and i'm not taking any classes i might actually have some time to watch some stuff i think the people would like that i would like that people would like to hear what you're watching yeah um basically cartoon network teased a fourth member uh in silhouette in entertainment weekly and on their twitter account Apparently, this is going to be. She, can, she will debut on September seventeenth. Uh, we still don't have a name for her, but apparently, an image of her leaked on a in a Russian promo, which hit YouTube. And uh, not long after, singer Toya Delazzi, forgive me if I'm pronouncing that wrong, confirmed on Twitter that she will be portraying the new Powerpuff Girl, uh, whose name we still don't know, but she is of color. I'm so excited! Um, and so Delazzi is also a woman of color. So there you go, more inclusivity. And the Powerpuff Girls. And I've got a rundown of inclusivity for y'all. <laughs> inclusivity rundown? Yep. There is uh, a new anime on coming to Netflix. Did you know about this? If it's, if it's the one I think you're going to talk about, we are going, <laughs> going to have a dispute on Mike. It's Neo Yokio. Oh my God. <laughs> this looks like the worst fucking thing ever. I don't know. 
it kind of looks interesting, I thought. Oh my God, it looks like Boondocks on a budget. No, it doesn't. It does. It does not. I'm sure, if it was Japanese, you'd be like, it's amazing. But it's because it was made in North America, you're like, it's, it's not. not even um, so, for those of you who don't Just know. It looks bad. I saw the preview. I was like, this kind of looks weird and funky and, and interesting. Bad. It's uh, from Netflix. It stars Jaden Smith and the frontman of Vampire Weekend for some reason. I don't know if he stars it. Or, he created it. He cre- cre- and then he created it. All I know is that I was like, Vampire Weekend, really? Yep. Um, Ezra, Ezra Koenig? Ezra. Yeah. I think that's it. Um, it's going to be six episodes. It premieres September 22nd. And at least it's only going to be six episodes. Right, Jordan? It doesn't matter how many episodes it is. I'm not watching it. Oh, are you not? You're not gonna like it. You're not gonna like it. I'm gonna watch no, it. No spite brings, Caitlin. I'm gonna I'm gonna watch it. No and spite if, selections. And if I genuinely like it, I'm going to make you watch it. It will have Jesus and Mero, so I mean, I give it respect for that. <laughs> Jesus and Mero should be in everything. Um, but what's great about it is that it does do representation, which is a lot of anime does not. Um, or if they do representation, then it is uh, at times very racist uh-huh. and horrifying. <laughs> um, so there's that. Thumbs up for it. Um, next, uh, The Greatest American Hero. Yes, that show from the 80s that you've never watched. I've watched it. Did you? It's one of my favorite shows when I was a kid. I didn't know that. Did you hear about this then? No. Oh, they are relaunching it. And it's going to, that the star of it is going to be named Mira. An Indian American woman. This is horse shit. <laughs> you can't have an Indian American woman as a superhero. Sorry, I'm just getting I'm just getting it out of the way. Getting it out of the way. Trying yeah. to get out front of the Apparently, idiots. Mira is a 30-year-old Indian American woman from Cleveland whose talents include tequila drinking and karaoke, and that's that, uh, and not much else. I so, think that's the whole crux of the show. Is yes. She's got to be like an idiot an average so for those of you who don't know um uh the greatest american hero is about well was about in the 80s a average white dude who is super lame and an idiot and he gets an amazing alien super suit but um loses the instructions and teams up with the fbi and they solve crimes and beat bad guys and he like could fly but poorly and could never i mean as a child the thing you loved the most was that he couldn't land. Yeah. He just always fell. He just always like crashed into the ground. Um, and that uh, it, he could also go invisible and have like super strength and stuff. But again, poorly. And he had to like try and figure things out. So representation. Awesome. Woo. Calling it the greatest Indian hero. Sheen Merkin. <laughs> Do that really well. <laughs> too, too well. Too well. Growing up in the South. Finally, yeah. Netflix, Margaret Atwood, they make a great combination. What are they making combination for? Alias Grace. I thought the CBC was doing that. Are they doing Blind Assassin? Um, so uh, Sarah Polly uh-huh. announced way back when that she was doing a movie of Alias Grace. And it was going to be picked up by various people and whatnot. Well, now it's morphed into a miniseries and it is going to be on Netflix. And on CBS, I think. I think that's right. Um, for those of you who don't know, Alias Grace is one of uh, Margaret Atwood's um, most loved books. Um, it is about, it's basically gothic historical fiction set in 1843 Canada. A lot of people seem to be really psyched about it. Um, they already have a trailer up, which I haven't watched yet. Um, and 
I don't know. I'm excited. I'm just glad that Canada is being represented and awesome directors, uh, Sarah Polly and awesome writers, Margaret Atwood, are being represented. And yeah, good times. Woo. So this is, this looks like it will be a co-production between the CBC and Netflix. Yeah. It's airing in Canada on the CBC. Woo. All right. Yeah. So that was my run, Dan. What, what do you think? Good. Good. Concise. Concise. Great. All right. Well, I guess we'll get out of here then for a short break. Wet our whistles. We did a lot of talking. We did. Getting real. We made a know. lot of salt at, uh, yeah. at breakfast. <laughs> Just, <laughs> chorizo is not without sodium. So we're going to take a break here. And when we come back, we're going to talk about the things that Kate and I each brought each other. Another totally dissynchronous pair of selections this week. Yeah, it was weird. It was weird. So we'll get weird when we come back after this break. Hey, y'all. Welcome back to the program. This is the portion of the show where Caitlin and I talk about the things that we brought each other, things that we would not have encountered in our everyday nerdly pursuits. I like that. But we wonder, hey, can these things cross nerdly pursuits? Are they cross nerdly pursuits? Are they? Yes, they are. I don't know. We're going to find out. I think they are. But before we find out, we have some rules to establish. We do. The first rule is the rule of three, which states that... No matter what it is, if it runs in installments in any form, if it's a comic, if it's a television show, if it's a podcast, if it's a radio drama, if it is a book or a video game, some form of three will need to be consumed. Whether that's three episodes, issues, installments, what have you, hours invested in the book or video game just to give it a chance to find its footing and establish itself so you know really what you're getting into. You're so much better at that than I am. Off the dome. Straight heat. You spit that fire. <laughs> That's the thing top, that people say, right? Top five MCs of all time. <laughs> That's right. Rule number two, hashtag save it for the pod. Do not talk about the thing. Because you know why? Why? No one likes a stale take. No. No, they don't. And when you're with the geek down, you're settling in. For fresh take. To C&J's. Fresh take shop. For C&J's. Best place to go for fresh takes. T-shirts coming soon, perhaps. Yeah. People, Hopefully. People, people want the merch. You want to see, you want to see in, see in Jay's GD hot take shop? Yeah. It'll come for you. Graphic yeah. designer. It's, graphic design is my passion. Get at me, y'all. Yeah. Um, we want you to hear the freshest takes so we don't talk about the thing until we are sitting in front of these microphones. And I can tell you, it was so hard for me this week. Really? For for various reasons, hmm. um, which we will get to. I am curious. Unbelievably difficult. I am curious. Yeah. I'm excited to get to that. Yeah. Well, rule number three, not so much a rule as much as a policy. There will be spoilers. There will be spoilers. We're going to spoil some shit. The thing I brought Caitlin, not really spoilable. And the thing I brought Jordan, it's really old and not really spoilable. Man old. Yeah, not really spoilable either. But still, if you don't like spoilers, head on out. But really, you're just kind of lame if you duck on this one. Yeah, because it's going to be, I think it's going to be a good one. Really nothing to be spoiled. Yeah. So we like to alternate. So we will start with the thing that Caitlin brought me. We will? Yes. Oh, I thought it was the thing you brought me. No. Oh, well, I'm really excited about that then. Because we ended with the Lego movie last week. So huh. we're going to start with your thing. 
Awesome. What's your thing, Caitlin? My thing is the 1983 British comedy drama film written and directed by Bill Forsyth and starring Peter Reigert, Dennis Lawson, Fulton Mackey, and Burt Lancaster called Local Hero. Yeah, it is. It is super Scottish. There are lots of things I need to talk <laughs> I about. Assume, I assume that's why we were here in the first place. Yeah. Well, the reason I saw it was because it was Scottish. The answer is one question. Um, and because um, the... Uh, director Bill Forsyth is well known for a really well known Scottish movie called Gregory's Girl. One of my dad's favorite movies. Um, and Local Hero, um, it is about an, an American oil company representative who is sent to the fictional village of Furness on the west coast of Scotland to purchase the town and surrounding property for his company. Um, and. It doesn't go the way he thinks it will. He's used to going into these... He says he's a telex man, so that's like a, a faxes and yes. stuff. Um, he's used to just dealing with people basically over the phone, um, through the computer, and getting deals done that way. This He's been asked to actually go there this time. Um, and the one of the reasons this movie is so important to me is because this is where my dad is from. Ah. It... Now, Cull is an island, which is the island where my dad's from. Um, this is just a coastal town, but they are unbelievably similar, especially in the 1980s. Um, they're the, there are characters that are just straight from out of, like, straight out of Cull. The town looks almost identical. <laughs> you can't say straight out of Cull and not expect me <laughs> what? to make jokes in oh. my head. Yes, yes, straight out of call. Straight out of call. Crazy motherfucking picking crabs up. <laughs> yeah, basically. Um, so there are so many things, um, even before I'd gone to call, that it was like, this is what call is like. These are what the people are like. This is what happens when you go to call. I can tell you from experience, this is what happens when you go to call. It looked very charming. Um, but there's some sort of magicalness about um, call in places in Scotland that you can't really understand until you go there. I do think Forsyth did a good job of bringing that out. This movie is very whimsical and strange. Forsyth actually won a whole bunch of awards, including a BAFTA for directing because of his ability to storytell. Even though now this is very... This, I didn't understand how weird this movie was until senior correspondent beside me every three minutes went, this movie's fucking weird. What are we watching? And I was like, oh, is Shouts it? Shouts to you, senior correspondent. I was like, is it weird? He's like, this is so <laughs> is weird. It, is it weird? Is yes, it, yes. Yes, it's weird. It, I didn't realize how weird it was um, just because it's a movie I've seen so many times and I've seen it since I was a kid and it's just, I love this movie and I love the weird 80s soundtrack and I love when he's on the phone freaking out about the Aurora Borealis. Um, <laughs> I just, like, there's just so many parts of this movie that I love. Um, it's also, I think it is amazing storytelling. It's not the typical storytelling and it definitely not is the st typical storytelling now um, where we have this, like, golden age of, like, television and movies and that kind of stuff. Um, but it has a very it's very important to me um as a lover of stories um yes burt lancaster's in it it's probably the only famous ish uh name in this mm. um you may know him from some black and white movies 
um, he plays the the oil magnet. Is this like Burt Lancaster's Muppet take, Muppets Take Manhattan? <laughs> Possibly. Like it was the last thing Orson Welles ever did? Possibly. Um, and there are a couple of things in this uh, movie. Um, there is a lot of magical realism. There's a lot of... Um, is there? Yes. Okay. This is like... Yes, this is like so magical realism. Um, there is a lot of like fairy tale-ness to the story. Um, and... Yeah, I, I, listeners, I got none of that. <laughs> um, I didn't realize how weird it was, so I apologize. But at the same time, I'm kind of this is going to be awesome. So, Jordan, uh, I usually say, so what did you think? I'm going to be like, how much did you hate this movie or not? It's not even a matter of hate. For a while, I was chalking it up to I was not time did not permit me to watch it all in one chunk. I was watching it. Oh, okay. I was watching it in segments. Mm. I was watching it at work on a break, and then I watched a little bit on Friday, and then I watched the rest of it on Saturday. At various times throughout the day, I watched a little more on Saturday morning and watched the rest on Saturday night. What is the whole Burt Lancaster side plot? Okay, so... <laughs> what? No. Let me tell the people. Okay, okay. Okay. So Caitlin, Caitlin, Caitlin said. This, I just have to say that this question did come up from senior correspondent when he was like, what is this side plot? So you have the main thrust of the story, which is uh, Peter Riegert. Is that his name? Yeah. Who's a dude I reckon he's a that guy. I'm yes. like, I've seen this dude in something, yeah. but I don't remember. In a lot of 80s movies. You also neglected the fact that uh, young God Peter Capaldi, <laughs> yes. young, young Doctor Who is kicking around there yeah. uh, in a weird subplot of his own. Um, yes. you kissing that woman's feet for her. Just I, You barely had a conversation and you're just going to kiss her feet. Because he's a weirdo? And I guess. <laughs> but so the Peter Riegert character is as whose name is McIntyre, even though he's not Scottish, everybody sends him on there. Cause they think he's Scottish, even yep. though he was like a Hungarian Jew and like his parents or his grandparents were like, it sounds American. We're McIntyre. Yeah. Um, but he has no connection to Scotland at all. And his job is to go there and facilitate this deal to buy the town so they can like put up fucking oil refinery on it or something. When word of this deal reaches Knox petroleum CEO, something Happer, his name's yep. Happer. Happer. Um, He's McIntyre is called up to talk to Happer, who is basically like, first of all, his office was the most 80s thing I've ever seen. It was amazing. Like the receptionist is on a, fl- on a floor and then there are like floating steps yeah, that no, like go up. No handrails, no anything like. Again, senior correspondent went, that is the most 80s staircase <laughs> I've ever seen. So he goes up there and all Happer, played by Burt Lancaster, cares about is like astronomy. He wants to buy a comet. Yeah. A endeavor What's you to name a comet? An endeavor you learn about earlier from this like therapist he has. Yes. There's this whole subplot where he's got this therapist who like berates him yep. and <laughs> and also what's weird is Burt Lancaster as an actor is paying no attention to him whatsoever. Like the dude's yeah. yelling at him and telling him he's full of shit and whatever. Like yeah. <laughs> and he keeps trying to fire the guy, but he keeps coming back and like <laughs> plastering a sign that says dude, with something motherfucker on his yeah <laughs> or crank calling him he lives in his office as well apparently because yeah because it's a giant 80s office well, again, at one point like so when the mcintyre character first comes in because happer apparently cares nothing about this deal to build an oil refinery he just wants to know like the sky's good out there yeah i want you to call me i want you to keep me keep in touch with me about what's happening with the sky with virgo you know what you know where virgo is don't you look look yeah. for look for comets and as he goes to like illustrate this he reaches in his desk and like pushes a button and then like some fucking globe from the vision of escaflone like rises from <laughs> his desk and 
<laughs> like star map appears on like what is happening with this and yeah. like the repeated scene them cutting back repeatedly to be like you know him in his office slash apartment getting crank calls from this <laughs> from this therapist who's like i can start hitting you next like i i think what was that go- satire I, or yes and i think the point was that people will go to weird bizarre lengths to feel something and to be adjusted in the world in a world that isn't very natural and i mean the crux of the first meeting with the therapist is he's basically telling him it's like you know oh you want to buy a comet but you didn't have any children or have a wife you know is this how you're going to achieve your legacy type of thing so it's like that sort of those are the sort of things that are weighing on happer's mind and also the fact that he runs this company that his name's not on like yes um his his grandfather or whoever partnered with whoever Knox. He, he bought it from Knox and then didn't change the name yeah. and then there's there's this idea of everyone not knowing where their place in the world is mm-hmm. and what is home it comes up actually a lot uh to mac they keep on saying so it's just like going home right and of course mac is like oh, i'm not even scottish yeah it's just like that mm-hmm. and mac you before he goes on the strip is like calling trying to go out with people and call his ex-girlfriend and there's like there's nothing really there there's there's a very there's a hollow shell of a life right there's no connections to people and happer has the same thing another part of that subplot with the therapist is something that drives him to escape because the therapist is like crank calling him and on his window and stuff and that's one of the reasons he leaves and then comes to scotland is because he's trying to get away from this now so Mm. it's like twofold it's not it's not the best done and it is really weird now that i look back on it um when i but when i was analyzing it that's what i came up with at least so our main crux of the story has to do with the mcintyre character who is obviously you know finds his meaning in a place he wants to be in this small Scottish town and he's not, suddenly not crazy about displacing all these people and destroying this community. Because this is you don't understand, this is the Isle of Call. There are people from all over the world who literally come back every year during the summer. Yeah, because I didn't understand the Russian guy. R- Russian guy, he just stumbled into this place fishing and fell in love with it. There's something magical about this town. Which they addressed far too late in his character arc. <laughs> like, yes. Mac asked, why are you here? Yeah. Like, far too late. Like, I was like, why is this Russian guy here? And everybody knows him. And he's like, but doing people... financial deals with the hotel owner slash accountant slash town reeve slash whatever he was. Which is a big part of, like, anyone from Scotland knows these places, right? Like, they they know this story and that's what resonates with them. I, I know that because of the stories my dad's told me, right? They're, they're people who literally come back. And I've seen it. People come back every year. People from, like, Australia and Sweden and, like, Turkey. Like, they just, they fall in love with Call and they come back every year because it's such a weirdly magical, beautiful place. Part of the scene with the mist, um, when they're driving to the small mm. town, has to do with, um, the, do you know Brigadoon? name only okay so it's a magic town that it's magic scottish town that like appears every 100 years through the mist and it's sort of that is the connection there um so again there's like that magical town type feeling and i totally did not pick up what they were doing at the marine facility again that's just that's my own deficiencies i wasn't paying as close attention as i needed to because of where i was watching it but it's like yeah 
he meets up with Peter Capaldi, who I don't even know what his job was. Was he? It, he worked for. The, he was the same. He worked, but he lo- was in Vernon. Lo- location. Yeah. Scottish representative of Knox Petroleum, and yeah, and early in the movie they end up at some marine facility. Yeah. What were they doing there? What was the point was of it? That? It was a testing f- facility, and they're trying. So, Marina, who is the mermaid slash uh, scientist, web toed woman, um, thinks that they're doing all this research to to build a marine sort of uh, research center and finding the best place for it in Scotland. What they're really trying to do is find a best place for this refinery. For a pipeline, yes. Yeah. Um, and, um, but they haven't told her that yet. Um, so that's what they're doing there. It's these scientists looking at the currents and the best place to put it in Scotland and that kind of thing. And yeah, so Peter Capaldi gets all enamored with the web-toed scuba diver woman scientist, She's whatever. She's um, If you say so. Uh, McIntyre gets oddly enamored with the hotel owner, accountant's wife, who's oddly chill about this dude who obviously wants to fuck his wife. Yeah. Um, is that just how they get down in Scotland? Um, it, it's complicated, but uh, kind of. Let's go to Scotland where everybody's cool if you want to <laughs> fuck their wives, apparently. <laughs> Not exactly, but, it, you know, time and place, time and place. Um, to the point where, like, he's leaving. He's been, we'll get to why, but he's been sent back. To Houston at the end of the movie, and you know, Urquhart, the accountant, is like, "Wow, Stella was that the wife's name?" Yeah, he's like, "You should go say bye to Stella. Go say, make, make sure you go say bye to my wife, who you want to fuck and <laughs> <laughs> take for yourself." And flagrantly said, "Well, you were drunk 15 minutes before in the movie." Um, so that was odd as well. Um, yeah, so basically, he starts. He's kind of hemming and hawing, and they do run into the town. Is all about it. Yeah. The town is like, fuck you, pay us, let's get the hell out yeah, of here. they want to be rich. Um, and the one holdout is this dude who ben. lives in like a shanty on the beach. His name is Ben Knox. His And he owns the beach, like legit owns it. Um, and it's like the one, the one person who won't sell. Yeah. And so I don't know if it's for that reason or not, but if it's just the fleeing, as Caitlin said, but then, you know, Burt Lancaster, comma, CEO, flies out to uh to this community to start trying and negotiate um with ben to sell his property um it basically comes out and is like yeah fuck that yeah oil refinery thing we talked about the stars it was great we're gonna we're gonna build a planetarium out here with like a giant telescope and then peter capaldi's like yeah you could build a sea thing out here too yeah on behalf you know trying to get that facility built on behalf of you know the his his lady love and you know it's the moment where he's like he's like you call it the happer institute <gasps> i could call it the happer institute and that's his legacy and he's built something he's made something with his life yay yay <laughs> and mcnair goes back to houston and like the last scene is the, the one phone box ringing yeah and that's it. It's a weird ending. It is a weird ending. So the ending song is a song called Going Home um, that plays while the box is ringing. Does that interpolate a familiar melody or, um, or have I just heard that song more in my life and didn't know that that's what it was? Yeah, from? that's probably what it is. Right. And uh, and you know that he's going to go back. I guess. Yeah. He's going to go back. Anytime he has vacation time, he's going to go back. The rest of the time he'll just spend in his overly tiled blue <laughs> 80s kitchen yeah overlooking a houston freeway what a bizarre piece of film like i 
I know the thing with Jordan. The thing with Jordan is always like, you don't like movies when they're super expensive, and you don't like movies when they're cheap. But <laughs> here, I gotta give you some numbers, though. Okay. Oh, okay. Important figures and facts. Facts and figures. On Rotten Tomatoes, of the critic score. Oh, I saw that. This movie has a hundred percent. I saw that. That is very rare. An eighty-eight percent for stupid people because some stupid people didn't like it obviously um and then uh ebert's given it what five out of five stars very rare indeed (laughs) very rare indeed she's clearly going to bat for this um this is a it's a it's not typical but that doesn't mean it's bad (laughs) i know last week i was like you know the lego movie costs like you know 100 million dollars to make and i was like man they spent so much money on this i'm not gonna think about it in two weeks i came away from this i'll probably think about it more but just because i'm going why (laughs) why why did this exist who had that idea for a story and maybe you know is he scottish or what's his name bill forsyth yeah maybe he was just like there's a story he was dying to tell because he's from that area and sure that makes sense i get that but I was just really left with no sense of what I was supposed to take away from this experience. It's all about like finding your place in the world and it might not be what you think it's going to be and trying to explore things and take some time. Take some time, Jordan. Fucking other people's wives. He never actually had sex with he her. He doesn't. But you know he's going to. He really wanted to. Yeah. Nurko's just going to She be obviously like, wanted to too. Nurko's just going to be like, "Cool, you know, whatever." He's like, "Can I have your life in Houston?" We're chill. Um yeah, so um, six and a half. Six and a half. All right, I'll take it. I thought it was going to be a four or so. I don't fail things often, Caitlin. You fail things far more than I do. Six and a half. Okay, hey, Caitlin's so I getting need a to- ca- Caitlin's getting a call from the Captain George Fish and Chip Company. I am, which is very weird. Do we have any idea who might be calling you from the Captain George Fish and Chip? No Company? idea. It's a nine oh five number. I've never heard of Captain George's Fish and Chip Company. Maybe they want to advertise. <laughs> Maybe. Cap- Yar! Captain George Fish and Chip. There'll Chips. be spoilers and delicious p- pillowy batter. <laughs> oh, good times. Well. Well. With that, after that note of strange, I suppose we'll move on to our next topic, which is the thing I brought Caitlin. Yeah. You like deep diving, everybody? Do you? Because... We're going to deep dive today. Uh, I heard about this from a random flip through an issue of Entertainment Weekly where it had been uh, highlighted in its hit list feature of just like, hey, here are the things you should be checking out this week. And it is a show called Dissect. It's a podcast hosted by a guy named Cole Kuchna. Kuchna. Kuchna, I believe I'm pronouncing that right. Um, And it is, oh my God, what's the tagline? Long form musical analysis broken down into short digestible episodes. Yeah. They run about a half hour each. We are currently in the second season. The first season ran for 24 episodes, 22 episodes on Kendrick Lamar's To Pimp a Butterfly. Okay. And this season they're doing, and it's the reason why when I read this, I was like, oh, I will check that out. They're doing Kanye West's My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy, which is an album I have said for some time is basically this generation's rumors. Okay. As far as the backstory that goes in the narrative that was around it during its creation and all the threads that tied together into the rope that made this album. And also is just generally my favorite Kanye West album. Um, Runaway will always make me cry. I didn't know that this was your favorite Kanye West album. Runaway made me cry a lot this week. 
Um, (laughs) But basically, he does a song and episode. Sort of. Sort of. Well, if you only adhere to the rule of three, you ain't even there yet. Because this is how... Oh, oh, sorry. I'm... uh, yeah okay sorry yeah continue i'll explain where i am to the to the audience because as deep divey as it gets there's like a three episode preface before he even gets into the album yes um dealing with kanye's life and biography to his production style to a briefish kind of rundown of the four albums that preceded my beautiful dark twisted fantasy um if y'all are unfamiliar with my beautiful dark twisted fantasy, if you do not listen to Kanyezy, this is the album that he made in the aftermath of the infamous MTV VMA stage crashing. Yeah, which still plays out to this day. T Swift. Yep. Um, where he rushed the stage as Taylor Swift was getting some award, drunk off his ass, and grabbed the mic from her and basically said. I'm happy for you, but Beyonce had the best video of all time, and he was brandished a pariah because the big scary black man rushed up on the and also on the little white girl. It was a dick move, but I mean he was an they, asshole. But there were racial politics there as well. Um, I always felt there were racial politics there as well. Um, and he kind of this was also in the aftermath of his mom's death a couple years before, which was unexpected and out of nowhere, and he basically kind of fled to to a few different countries around the world before hunkering down in Hawaii and just booking this studio indefinitely and constantly flying people in for what I think, what do they call it? What did he call it? What did they say on the show? He called it rap camp or something. Yes. Producers, singers, songwriters, just all coming in and playing basketball and eating breakfast and working in the studio all day Mm -hmm. until eventually you get my beautiful dark twisted fantasy which is a very weird but also somewhat immaculate star-studded album and to my mind is still kanye's masterpiece caitlin has expressed confusion indifference to kanye before Uh, it's weird because i do like a lot of his songs um and I, I just don't feel any way about him as a person, except that I don't like people who are egomaniacs mm. and just anyone who's like that. Whether they deserve it or not, I just, it makes all my my skin tight, it makes my quills perk up. I just want to <laughs> like slap somebody. Um, I just, I think it's like a, I think it's a disgusting feature to have as a person mm. to be that conceited and just again a gross person i just feel it's an awful thing to have um so like that makes me like ugh. like that's the sound i've got but really i'm sure he's like probably a nice guy like to people mm. in general and he said some really poignant things in the past um but just in the last couple of years i'm just like ugh, ugh. um but as a, a musician you've mostly told me this um he is an unbelievably talented musician. And that's just like, like um, the podcast makes this point, like Beethoven and lots of other musicians and artists, they don't always have the great, greatest personality. Your fave is problematic. Yeah. Um, but what we're talking about in this is not only the subject, but the delivery yes. mechanism. 
they are short episodes. They run about a half hour a piece, although mm-hmm. they do seem to be swelling. The last one ran about 45 to 50 minutes, I think. Ooh, um, okay. And it's deep divey for me. Right. Like, that is how deep divey we go. So I don't know. Did you get into the actual album itself? That, um, will, that will relate to any point I next bring up. I know. I just got to the beginning of episode four. Mm. Um, it, they do talk a little bit about it, the album itself, um, but just in snippets, they don't actually start breaking down the the um, the songs. But as far as Kuchna's approach, um, which is he's obviously a professional musician, he mentions. I don't. I don't know his history, mm-hmm. but he mentions. At some point when themes trying to... Themes and variations. Themes and variations. And, but I mean, when you get into the actual album, he is like actually talking about chord progressions, tonic notes, yeah. dissonant chords, things like that. More theory than I've encountered in in my life, basically. Um, most of the music criticism I read is generally, and this is an argument amongst the music criticism community, that it's basically, it's more sociology than music right like when he gets into when he really gets into it and you get a touch of this when he talks about um so the first episode yeah is basically cutting his biography the second episode he really focuses on this song off of his first album called through the wire which is um the song kanye did that kind of broke him it's when he was in a car accident during the production of his first album and had his jaw wired shut and recorded this song with his jaw wired shut and yeah. wrapped wrapped with his jaw wire, wire shut and kushna breaks down a little bit you get a taste of how he's going to go into the album itself when he gets there yeah. in that episode, but he goes far deeper from a musical theory standpoint than I was expecting him to. And I didn't know how that was going to fly with you per se. Um, I don't think he's got like a perfect delivery. Um, mm-hmm. It's very clearly pre-written right. um, and is read maybe a little too stiltingly so. Um, in that regard, which I find a little jarring. And also his voice is a little nasally. He needs to blow his fucking okay, nose. Okay, there we go. <laughs> Caitlin has opinions. Um, so it's not a perfect delivery. And like I said, it's if you deep divey, we get in deep divey. But um, that's the setup. I'm digging it. Kate. Yeah. Do you have any interest in this whatsoever? Oh, my God. It's so good. Really? Um. When he deep dives and does like he went into the second episode of like uh, themes and variations, I was there. I am appalled. Why? <laughs> I did not think. I was like, oh. man, I, I kind of pulled this one out of thin air, and I was like, well, this is the kind of thing I'm into right now, and uh, it's topical and it's out there right now. Maybe. I, I what I like is okay. So I really like that Vox does these little bitty like explainer music things uh one of them was on someone's someone at vox's favorite rap artist mm. and she goes on to explain why and she talks about the genius behind different lyricists and different rappers and what they do and why it's amazing and why it's special and why it should be like held up mm. right and i thought the way sorry was it kushner Kuchna. Kuchna? Kuchna? C-U-C-H-N-A. Kuchna. Um, uh, the, when, so in the first episode, he talks a little bit about uh, the background and why Kanye is hated and how we're going to come to this album in an anthropological way, which mm-hmm. is taking away our feelings about it and looking at it in itself and um, different pieces of it, but not 
not trying to separate um, the sort of the our feelings of the man from the music. Separating artists from art sort of thing. Yeah. Which is at one point was just the thing you did, but in woke culture is a very somewhat controversial position to take, I think. Yes. But I think it's a good one because I, if you were like, here, the, here's this thing about Kanye, I would have been like, I, and I was like, ah, okay. But <laughs> um, Kuchna says, let's not come at this from a, a, personal place let's come at this from a place of curiosity mm. and i'm a cu- very curious person i love documentaries even on things i'm not really interested in because i think seeing other people's way they explain it and and knowing more about the world makes me more of someone who can be i don't know socially part of it right like i know more about the perspectives of the world so i am really interested i did not know i like so many kanye songs <laughs> I kept on hearing things and being like, that was Kanye? Oh, I forgot that was Kanye. Or I didn't know that was Kanye. Um, your love lockdown? Hmm. I didn't know that was Kanye. I oh, didn't wow. know the background of it as much. Maybe at the time when that song came out, I did, but I had forgotten and was like, oh man, I love this song. I used to listen to this song on replay all the time. Um, uh, in the second episode when Kuchna talks about um, uh, sampling, mm-hmm. um, he spends like half maybe even more of that second episode and i thought it was a little out of place i know why he did it but it was sort of like we're not talking about kanye at all Mm. um i mean he did it to show why kanye really should be perceived as an artist and not just someone who uses bits of music and it's great for someone who doesn't know anything about hip-hop but at this point you have i'm like you're you're well indoctrinated literally read so many things about this now i've heard this so many times by Um, now he makes me listen to everything however when people say um rap music is not music because they're just stealing other people's music his talk about themes and variations his talk about um how uh jazz musicians and classical musicians um rachmaninoff is one of my favorite musicians actually so it was funny that he brought him up and his themes and variations all of that how they reinterpret music and you can't say that's not music. So how can you say that about something that is so complex as hip hop is? And he even basically says, like, I am a musician. I have arranged for orchestras. Yeah. I have tried to sample. I cannot do it. Yeah. <laughs> My brain doesn't function that way. You have to have a creativity and an artistry um, beyond beyond just, oh, I family samples and I put them together and I can make a song. Right. Yeah. There's something... Um, different and special about those kinds of people and that was a big part of you know the book we talk about the book (laughs) jordan wrote a book everybody it was about jay dilla listen i know on the episode about power that just dropped yeah they talk about there's a 33 and a third on my beautiful dark twisted fantasy yeah obviously kuchna read it it gets referenced it's by my homie kirk walker graves listen kuchna if you want to do an episode on if you want to do a season on donuts yeah Get at me. Plug my book. Yeah. Get Plug that, Jordan's book. Get that out there. Let <laughs> me get that sales bump. Um, uh, so I know a lot of that from Donuts and learning about Jay Dilla mm-hmm. and all of that jazz. Um, knowing more about Kanye, knowing more about the work he did, knowing more about his music and his producing and how hard of a worker he was has maybe changed my opinion about Kanye Ooh. a little bit. Just a little bit. Just a little bit. Hey, I still think he was a dick and drunk and someone should have stopped him (laughs) from running on stage and rushing Taylor Swift. Um, 
And I don't think he should have had a video where he has her naked in it. I think that's kind of messed up. Um, but besides all that, learning about the music is so cool. I love it. And I like the way Kuchnow... Sometimes he gets a little bit repetitive. Um, but I do like when he talks about something and he gives an example and or and then a reference or he gives a reference and then an example and then he explains that he does it in an essay format yeah. which as someone who went to school for english and wrote lots of essays and know how it can be difficult i really appreciate i appreciate him bringing the evidence basically showing me the evidence um and then explaining that evidence and talking about it and breaking things down and saying this is why it's one of the greatest albums all of the albums in the three episodes, all of the album albums that he's talking about from Kanye, I'm like, that is an amazing uh, like album. This is a great album. Oh my gosh, it's so good. So I'm really interested in this, um, this the actual deep diving of each one of these songs in this album coming up. It's even and like he's he's not going in order. I don't think or track listing order. I think right. he says at one point he kind of he's grouping them thematically. Um, so yeah, he's done Dark Fantasy, which is the first song, Gorgeous, which is the second, and then Power just came out, and I think that's the fifth right. song on the album. It's been a while since I've heard it. Um, yeah, and it's just, for me as well, who, I mean, I've been a fan, hardcore fan. Kanye is one of the things that really brought me back to hip-hop when I was like, jiggy shit, bullshit, drugs and popping bottles, I'm not... I'm not about it, but him and Just Blaze and the whole Chipmunk Soul thing, I was like, oh, I'm here for this. Kanye was one of those dudes who, like, him and DJ Shadow, where it's like, as a drummer, yeah, it was like, you create the sounds my head just wants to hear, right? even from, like, a drum pattern space. Um, and just, as a guy who has a more complicated relationship with him now, because I don't think he's as good as he used to be. Right. Um, <laughs> Kanye got a song called I Miss the Old Kanye and I'm that guy who misses the old Kanye. Right. Um, and hearing some of those old songs like heard him say off of like registration. I was like, oh my God, I loved that song. Yeah. So much. It's just a beautiful song. And I've even come around to 808s and Heartbreak because you can't deny the fact that rap <laughs> Drake exists because 808s and Heartache, well, Heartbreak came out. And that was one of the other things. I didn't realize how how you don't really realize until you have someone say like look at this example this is why we have all of this mm. right we have um we have childish gambino because of and i really like childish gambino <laughs> for various reasons um we've got there's drake there's all these other artists and we have that because kanye was like hey i'm from a middle class background i'm not going to rap about drugs and and shootings and the gangster life cuz that wasn't me I'm a fucking weirdo <laughs> and I'm really emotional. Um, mm. <laughs> and like that, he, he brought something new to the table. Things I did not know. I still think that he's a egotistical maniac. You are and, allowed. He's not an uncomplicated figure. And I think that maybe he should take a step back and maybe get some perspective. But I, I do like a lot of his messages. And you didn't have to rap about bleached assholes on Father Stretch My Hands part one. Yeah. Still upsets me to this day. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, the quote unquote warning warning for you and for listeners, like get borderline textbooky 
going forward. It's not just like, here's the sample you used. He's like, here is the chord. And the chord that follows it is the, you know, dark side of the chord that came before it. Yeah. And he will then play them, play those chords. Yeah. And it's like, you expect that it will go here, but it doesn't. It goes here instead. You expect it to rise up, but it doesn't. It falls and plays the dark version of the chord instead. Yeah. Like making people's eyes boggle just saying this when I'm trying to say it, but he says it more clearly than I do. And I'm really excited about that. All right. Well, I'm happy to bring it to you then. What are you giving it? I'm giving it an eight. An eight. Only because Kuchina needs to blow his nose. I'm sure he's a very nice guy and I don't mean to mock him and his voice. I people think some people think my voice is annoying. That's fine. Just really he's very nasally and I'm just like, oh Kuchina, please. <laughs> Kuchina, please. Well, that is out there. Anywhere you find this podcast, you can listen to that podcast. Yeah. It seems like something you'd be into. I put a few people onto it. Um, I think they've gone back and started with the Kendrick season, but uh, you don't need to. You can just jump straight into yeah. this season if you want. Totally jump into Also, I want Kuchna to like break down all music for me forever. Um, well, I mean, he started a Patreon and he's almost at his goal, so maybe he will. Yeah, operate seasonally. I don't know what the break was between season one and season two. He'll probably go for 24, 25 episodes on this. Yeah. Like I said, we're at episode seven, maybe. Okay. Um, so you can still get in early. Of course, at two hours, you can probably catch up to where he's at. So I have a train ride where I'm going to listen to this. There yeah. you go. Well, enjoy that, y'all, if you're so inclined. And that is just about going to do it yeah. for us today. That's it. Uh, thanks so much for hanging with us, as you always do. Thanks for letting us get soups and mosh. Yeah. Well, sometimes you got to get Appreciate soups and mosh. Sometimes you got to so get it out. You got to get it out so you can get soups happy later. Can't get sometimes you can't get soups half without getting soups of mosh. We got soups of mosh. We'll keep our fingers crossed for soups half. Anyway, thank you so much for joining us as you do every week, friends. My name is Jordan Ferguson. My name is Caitlin McKenna. Theme song is by Rob Gasser, and we will be back next week for episode eighty-five. Eighty-five of the Geek Down podcast. See you then. Apparently what happens, she gets an alien... Your dick is so big. Fuck you. I'm so impressed by your cock. Fuck you. I hope oh you my... get pulled over. Oh my god. That's the, that's the same motherfucker in the charger out at the curb. Yeah, I know. I hope he gets pulled over.